0: We live in a world of tyrants. Uh, It doesn't take long to scroll the news a little bit and realize that um, most people in power are more in love with their power than they are with the people that they're serving. Whether it's politicians or business people um, or teachers or even sometimes parents, it seems like the people who are put in places of power often uh, abuse it, abuse the people they're, they're looking after. and and are more focused on themselves and and, and their agenda and saving face than they are on actually serving and loving the people that they're in charge of. And see, we know this is wrong. we know in our hearts that this isn't the way it's supposed to be that people who are in power are actually supposed to be people who who serve and love and care about the people that they're in charge of and so it's why we we march in streets when we see power abused it's why we vote to maybe get someone who's abusing their power out of the place of power and put someone else in. Um, it, it's why we, we, we buy certain items and don't buy other items because we don't agree with the ideologies or the way that company is maybe operating. And, 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 and in, in all those different ways, we show that deep inside us, we know um, that the way our world often uses power isn't actually the way it was meant to be. And so we're in this series, Creed, where we're going over the Apostles' Creed, which was like the the brief statement um, that the early Christians wrote together to when this is what it means to be a Christian, this is what we believe, and they wrote it down. And, and the Apostles' Creed actually addresses this. It addresses this thing inside us that, that is longing for someone to rule and be in power who's actually sacrificial and loving and, 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 and wants what, what's actually best for us, and actually someone who can actually do something too, not someone who, who maybe is put into power but doesn't really have enough power to do something, but someone who can actually do something about the injustice, about the abuse, about the things that are wrong with the world. And that person, the Apostles' Creed tells us, is Jesus. See, so the Apostles' Creed tells us that Jesus is, is our sacrificial lamb, dying for us he's someone who cares about the people enough to die for them that he's also the everlasting king who is who is fully in power and in charge and ruling and here's what the apostles creed says i believe in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the power of the holy spirit and born of the virgin mary he suffered under pontius pilate was crucified died and was buried He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead. So if I could sum all of that up, um, what the Apostles' Creed wants us to get today is this. It's that Jesus is our sacrificial king. See, we all know that the world is broken. Everywhere we look, we see abuse, we see people mistreating one another, Um, we see selfishness, and we in our own selves know that when we are alone in the dark and when no one is looking, we do horrible things that we would be totally ashamed of if our friends and family were to find out what we've been doing. See, this thing, this corruption that's in all of us is this thing that the Bible calls sin. Essentially, sin is described um, as as missing the mark, meaning that you're shooting an arrow aiming for a target and you miss. And see, the target that our arrow is actually shooting for, that we are shooting for, is to be the people God's created us to be, to be the human beings God created us to be. And see, in the beginning of time um, when the earth was created and we were when we were formed by God the Father, we were made perfect. Uh, we, we were made in his image and we looked like him, not just physically, but also in the way we acted. Um, we were sinless. We didn't abuse people. We didn't mistreat others. We didn't have these dark parts in our hearts that we would be ashamed of if people found out. We were perfect. But the thing is, is that we chose to not stay in the image of God. We chose to go a different way where we didn't want to be like God. We wanted to be our, our, our own thing, and we thought we knew better. Um, and so we, we disobeyed God. And, and, and in doing that, what actually happened is it turned out that, that that disobedience was bad. The thing we thought would free us actually corrupted us. And, 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 and through our disobedience, we actually brought in sin, death, pain, suffering, sickness, abuse, you name it. All of that came because we decided that we thought we knew better than God the Father. And see, we all in our own ways have done this. Whether it was something as simple as lying to a friend and hurting that place of trust, whether it was lusting after someone, meaning that you now look at someone as as an object uh, for your satisfaction instead of seeing them as a person. Um, Whether we we hate people, uh, which Jesus equates that to murder, because the reason why people murder people is because of a deep hate. I, I think we can look at the news and realize that a lot of racial injustice is actually spread not from a desire to kill people, but from this deep hatred that then outpours into murder. We look at all these different areas of our life, and we know that this sin has corrupted us, and we know the reason why we, we drown ourselves in media and music and, and, and all these different forms of entertainment is because when we sit still in the dark alone, we don't like what's actually on the inside, and so it's easier to drown out the sin that's on the inside um, than, than deal with it. And I know that you feel this, that, that no matter what you do, it seems like you can't get your life together. You can't stop lying. You don't know why you do. You can't stop cheating. You don't know why you do. You, you can't stop lusting. You don't know why you can't stop. You, you can't stop hating people. You, you, there's all this brokenness inside of you that you want to fix, but no matter how hard you try, you are a slave to it. It has control over you, and you are trapped. And see, that's where Jesus comes in. Last week, we talked about how God the Father saw our brokenness and set forward a plan to actually save us. And the thing is that Jesus is is the part of the Trinity, the part of God that actually enacts that plan and goes out and does the saving. Um, He, out of his own free choice, goes, God the Father, I I want to go and save uh, the people we made in our image. I, I want to do it. And they go, okay, let's do it. Let's do this plan. And so Jesus, uh, this is what the whole Bible is about. is about God saving humanity. And, and the pinnacle of that is in the New Testament in Jesus, where we're the promised one who would come and die for us, who would save us from our sin, who would, who would break us free from the chains of slavery, um, that, that he showed up and he sacrificed himself for us. In the book of Isaiah, which is a Old Testament book written by a prophet uh, hundreds of years before Jesus showed up, Isaiah said this about Jesus. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up, meaning Jesus grew up before him, before God like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sickness. He bore our sin. He he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him as stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced. He was crucified. He died in our place because of our rebellion, because of our sin. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds we all like sheep have all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter and like a sheep silent before the shearers he did not open his mouth he was taken away because of oppression and judgment and who considered his fate for he was cut off from the land of the living he was struck because of my people isaiah peoples our people's rebellion he was assigned a grave with the wicked but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully he did nothing wrong yet the lord yet the father was pleased to crush him severely when you make him a guilt offering he will see his seed he will prolong his days and by his hand the lord's pleasure will be accomplished after jesus's anguish he will see the light and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many and he will carry their iniquities therefore i will give him the many as a portion god the father is going to give jesus the church and his people as a reward for his sacrifice and he will receive jesus will receive the mighty as spoiled because he willingly submitted to death and he was counted among the rebels yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels see what isaiah is saying here is that this is what jesus did that jesus saw us trapped in our sin he saw us oppressed by, by Satan, and, and, and he saw us as slaves to sin, and we couldn't do anything in our own power to break free. We couldn't do anything to make ourselves pure again. We couldn't do anything to restore us back to the way God created us at the beginning. And so Jesus came down from heaven. He left his throne, came in the form of a human being, and he himself lived the life we could never live that when Jesus lived, he actually lived the perfect life. And not only did he do that, but he began to establish his coming kingdom. And he showed us what it was like to actually be someone who was made in God's image, what it was actually like to follow God. And Jesus not only did that, but he also then decided that he would go to the cross and die a death that he didn't deserve. He didn't do anything wrong, he was sinless. And the reason why he died is because that he knew in his death that he would absorb all of our sin into himself, that he would take the sin off of us and put it onto himself, and he would go to this cross and die in our place. And on that cross, as he died in, in bodily form, our sin, our sickness, our death would die with him. And in that, we would be liberated. We would be freed from that burden, and we would no longer be slaves to sin because Jesus in his own body killed sin for us. It's kind of like this. Um, When I was in youth group, we went on a retreat. And on that retreat, I was kind of an idiot. I did all kinds of things I knew I wasn't supposed to do. And eventually, Darren, my youth pastor at the time, just had enough of me. And I don't know what I did. I I think I was late to some event that I was supposed to be at. And I came like super late. And he just yelled in front of everybody, Aiden, Today, you're getting egged. Um, See, we had all these eggs uh, for for eating, and we just had more than we needed. And so what he decided was, as a punishment for my disobedience and my foolishness and and my lack of caring about how my actions affected others, he was going to have the whole youth group throw eggs at me. And see, I knew there was no running from this punishment, that there was nothing I could do to avoid it. So what I did is I tried to get some revenge for myself. So I was in a cabin with my small group, and I decided I would wear an article of clothing from each of them, because if I'm going down, I'm dragging as many people down with me as possible. And so I walked through the doors, and, and, and everyone had their eggs and was ready to egg me. And, and, and my cabin, my small group, saw me wearing their clothes, and they were a little upset. But it didn't do what I did. Uh, it, it didn't shy them away from, from egging me. They still wanted to. In fact, they were a little bit more angry now, and, and, and they, they wanted to th- throw their eggs at me. And so everyone began to line up like, like an army <laughs> around me with their eggs and with Darren leading them. And, and I knelt down and was like ready to take my punishment. I knew it was coming. At this point, there was nothing I could do to save myself from it. I was getting egged. And then at the last moment, Darren did something incredibly unexpected. He, he put his hand on my shoulder. And he kind of laughed, and he said, "Aiden, you don't need to do this. I'll do it for you. And, and I walked off free, and I went and joined the crowd, <laughs> and I grabbed my own egg. And Darren knelt down where I was and took my place. And then everyone took their eggs and threw it on him, and he bore all of our eggs for me and for us. And see, in that moment, um, I began to understand what Jesus actually did for me. That I was someone who, in my own choice and my own mistakes, chose to be enslaved to death and sin and sickness. That I chose to not follow God and and to not go his way. And the thing is that in God there is life. And so if you want to not be like God, if you want to not be on his team, the only other option is death. And so I chose death and sin and rebellion, but God being loving, put his hand on my shoulder and said, I wanna take your place. And Jesus came down from heaven um, and and he let me go free and join the crowd. And he knelt down and took everyone's sin, not just mine, not just my egg, but he took everyone's eggs and, and took it on himself. And that in that act, when he died, All of those things we were carrying, all of the eggs, all of the sin that we were carrying was left on him, and the rest of us were freed from its burden. See, Jesus died in our place, taking our punishment on himself, not only taking our punishment, taking our sin, and it's over. It's done. We're set free. And so I want to ask you guys this. Does hearing the story of Jesus dying for you still affect you like it once did? Why or why not? Why do you think we can become numb to the love that Jesus has showed us on the cross? But here's the beautiful thing about the Apostles' Creed is that it doesn't just talk about Jesus' death, but it actually talks about his resurrection. Um, see, without his resurrection, he would have just been another dead guy. Like, it wouldn't have actually proved to us that he had the power to take our sin and free us from slavery to it. But in his resurrection, he showed that he had power over sin, that that, that death had no power over him, that when he took on our death, he defeated it by rising again, um, where it had no power over him. He is now ascended and, and is alive. And he offers us the new life that, that, that he provides. And now we are free from that sin and punishment that he now offers us to join in on his kingdom. And see, the Apostles' Creed talks about how he is now at the right hand of the Father, meaning like when Jesus rose, he ascended back to heaven, is now seated on the throne. He's in charge of the world, and he's inviting us to join his kingdom, to come under his kingship, to let him rule over our lives and the way we live. The book of Ephesians, which is a letter written by Paul, an early follower of Jesus, uh, to a church in a city called Ephesus says this. He, meaning God the Father, exercised his power in Christ, Jesus, uh, by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the age to come when the earth is no more, And he subjected everything under his feet. He put everything, the earth, Satan, uh, sin, death, uh, life, angels under his feet and appointed him as the head over the entire church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. See, here is the beautiful thing, that Jesus is king, that in his resurrection, he took his rightful place as the king and ruler of the world and of everything in the universe. He is the God over all of the cosmos. But see, in our world, this would be a really bad thing. After all, absolute power corrupts absolutely, doesn't it? I mean, we see in our world people continually abuse their power. People who are entrusted with with great amounts of power continually abuse it and abuse people and not actually um, um, serve and, and, and love those that they're in charge of. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he is nothing like the rulers that are on our world. He is nothing like the people who are in power, who abuse people, who don't care about people, who love their power more than they love the people they're in charge of. No, he is the the king who came down and sacrificed his entire life and, and all of his pleasures and all of the power he had. He sacrificed it to come down and die in our place. That we know that Jesus is not like the rulers of this world who will seek out to harm us who have like a secret agenda that we don't know about who actually don't really care about says he is actually someone who who has our best interest in mind who wants to free us who loves us who cares for us and 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 who through being our king actually wants to bring liberation and freedom and love back into our lives and see i think for me um i have forgotten this this past year it is so easy to hop on social media or to turn on the TV and all you see is chaos and and abuses of power and everybody is at each other's throats about every single thing that you could possibly think of. And it just feels so overwhelming and powerless and it feels incredibly dark because you're like, I don't actually trust the people who have power, whether it's because of racism, whether it's because you disagree with what's happening in the government, whether, whether because you don't know if you can actually trust the people you once trusted and you're now seeing their true colors come out, it feels like you should just live in in paranoia and anxiety because everything is falling apart and everyone is so much more untrustworthy and unworthy of power than we thought they were. But the beauty of Jesus is that in this moment, in this COVID moment where it feels like everything is falling apart and you don't know who you can trust, is that he is actually the one person in power that you can trust. And the beautiful thing is that he is in charge of the people who are abusing their power. And the Apostles' Creed and the Bible promise that there is going to come a day where those who have been given power um, will have to give an account for how they used it. And the person they're going to give an account to isn't us, isn't the people they abused. It is the ultimate king of the universe, the one who loves the people they abused, the one who loves the people that they've mistreated, but also the one who loves them and wants what's best for them. See, the reason why this doesn't need to cause anxiety in me and the reason why I need to lean harder in 2021 on Jesus and him being king is that it kind of takes away the stress and anxiety. That when the world is falling apart and people can't be trusted, that I know the person ultimately charges someone I can trust and someone who's not falling apart. And that he is actually going to bring justice to the things that are wrong. And he's actually going to correct uh, the abuses of power that we've seen. And that I can actually trust him because he is not just someone who's up there giving me orders, telling me what I should do. But he's actually someone who stepped down, died for me, and radically loves me. See, it's because Jesus isn't just the king of the universe, but he's actually the sacrificial loving king of the universe. And that's an amazing thing. And so I want to ask you guys this. How have you forgotten that Jesus is king this year? In what ways have you not been trusting him? Do you find it comforting knowing that Jesus, our sacrificial and all-powerful loving king, is going to come back and judge the world and the people who do injustice? Why or why not? Jesus is our sacrificial king. See, what the Apostles' Creed wants us to understand as Christians, and what we as Christians believe, if we are really Christian, is that Jesus is our our sacrificial lamb. That he is the one who who took all of our sin, all of our sickness and death, and he took it in on himself, and he took it to the cross. And and as he died on that cross, he killed sin, death, sickness, and, and, and all of the different ways we've abused and people have abused us. And it didn't end just there we as christians believe that he rose again and in his rising again he showed us that he had the power to defeat sin death and satan and not only that he had the power but that he ascended and went back to heaven and is seated at the right hand of god and and now everything is under him that he is in charge of everything in the entire universe and that's an amazing thing because we know that he's not only king and all-powerful but that he's also a loving king who's sacrificial and loving and has our best interest in mind and isn't going to abuse power the way we've seen it done here on earth because Jesus is our sacrificial king so why don't you guys take some time to pray together, um, maybe uh, have have each other just say something that they would like prayer for in this week, and, and then come before Jesus together, knowing that he's the king of the universe and has the power to actually interact in our lives, and he is actually the one with the power to to, to actually do something about the requests that we have for him. So why don't you guys take some time to pray, and we'll see you guys next week.